You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement, a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. I am so excited to welcome my good friend, Susan Vosper, to the podcast. Susan, welcome. Hey, welcome. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about you. So uh, sit back while I brag about all of your accomplishments. Okay. Susan is the Chief of Staff for Customer Service and Support at Microsoft. She serves as an integral member and trusted advisor of the senior leadership team. And she also leads strategy and business planning, which drives shared services for the organization, including strategic planning, business management, communications, and employee experience. And so you might be wondering, why is a Microsoft uh, executive here on the Alumni Trending Podcast? Well, sandwiched in between her two stints at Microsoft as Assistant Vice President for Alumni Engagement at Seattle University, Susan served in that role for six years where she oversaw the strategic direction for the alumni engagement strategy and outreach efforts. Susan built a world-class alumni engagement office by resurrecting their business base on a customer relationship management model designed to position the institution as a forward-thinking organization, igniting human potential and forming leaders for purpose and impact. Susan excels at setting organizational vision leading major change, and scaling operations and building positive organizational culture. So I'm very excited to have Susan on the podcast to talk about not only her career in technology and with Microsoft, but how that might have helped her in higher education. So Susan, welcome to the podcast. Well, again, thanks, Paul, for having me. Really so glad you asked. Happy to to share today. I graduated the first time from Seattle University undergrad um, with a double major in psychology and communications. And honestly, I thought that I was going to work for a couple of years and then go back east and go to law school. And that summer I was invited to, it was a pretty informal networking event for, you know, what was then a pretty young company, a pretty small company called Microsoft here in, started up in Redmond. I think at that time there might've been about 5,000 employees worldwide. That year they had just launched Windows 3.0 and had just spun up um, what was then a pretty new sales organization. They also were starting up a sales operations organization to support sales. And I had a friend who was working there and basically said, hey, you got to get on board with this. This is this is a pretty cool place to be. And I said, you know, okay. And I took a job as a uh, sales ops coordinator, pretty much ran, you know, setting up the office for sales operations and um, thought I would do that for about a year and ended up staying and, and expanding that role um, for the next uh, two years, I think. 
and then um, got a great opportunity because we partnered with finance so much. And I was working with the corporate controller's office. The corporate controller asked me to come and run his office. And I ended up working for him for another three years and and got to see how the company worked and the financial structure of, of the company. All of a sudden, you know, it had been there five years and, you know, really still was just, I had the, I was just super fortunate that I kind of followed my interest and followed my passion and followed how I wanted to learn. Really, like I said, I thought I was going to be a lawyer and I found myself ending up, you know, in interactive media after that helping to launch Slate Magazine. This thing called the internet was the big thing on, you know, <laughs> on, the, on the block and we were trying to figure out how to use it. A great opportunity. I was number employee number four at Slate and really was served as the business manager there to help get that business up and running. And by this time, you know, I think Microsoft was just booming and growing and and it was a really great place to be able to not only have a career, but to really, you know, learn and to develop where you wanted to develop. And I was fortunate in that way to be able to kind of follow the product lifecycle trajectory. Because after that, I went back into sales and worked for a vice president for the Americas. Wow. Yeah, it was, you know, and so that was really one of my first forays into really, you know, how do you, how do you know your audience and develop an audience and know how to program for an audience. And I did that for about almost three years. It was a great opportunity in terms of, again, programming, but also really knowing and seeing the our customer base and how they engaged with the company. Um, got an offer to go into product planning in our office products and stayed there for about five years. And then it, in that time frame, I decided to go back to Seattle University and got my 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 leadership executive MBA. That was kind of, that was the, the impetus for me to decide to go back for real and, and work in the role that I had um, as assistant vice president. So. So let me, let me stop you right there. So as you describe your first 20 years at Microsoft, it spans sales, it spans product development, customer service. There was some finance mixed in there. When you when you arrived at Seattle U for your executive MBA, are you sure you weren't there to teach it versus <laughs> versus uh, there and pursue the degree? It seems like you got an MBA just in um, in your time at, at Microsoft. Yeah, and I you know there was there was some of that. I also wanted to go and be and experience you know other executives from other companies, right? So Seattle, Univers Seattle University sits right in the middle of Seattle proper, right? On Capitol Hill. And we're surrounded by, you know, the big, the big companies you hear about every day, you know, Amazon, Expedia. Boeing, Nordstrom. Boeing, all of them. Yeah, yeah. And, and there were, you know, people who were attending that program who were from all those companies. So it was, for me, I was really looking to expand my, my horizons. I was trying to decide what to do and I didn't want to leave Microsoft yet, but I, I was looking for a way to kind of expand my, my, my perspective and that was a good way to do it. So then walk us through how higher education kind of rose to the, rose to the top of opportunities for you. Probably because, <laughs> to be honest, actually the two years that I was at Seattle U really, um, for lack of a better term, I just kept bringing up all the, you know, I was looking around going, God, where are the alumni? You know, like what, 
where are how are alums being engaged with this university and and being an undergrad too really kind of and hadn't really paid attention to it too much because I was so busy at Microsoft but really I think I just complained you know I said how come you're not doing this and how come you're not doing that and where's this and how come we're not engaging alums in this way and how come we're not asking for their feedback and where are the where are they in the student community and you know how come blah blah you know and just on and on and um and I graduated and I think about a year after I graduated the role opened up and of assistant VP and I know that they had struggled for a while finding that person and really getting that to to work and and um and flourish and I got the phone call and they said hey this role is open you know you had a lot to say about it <laughs> do, you, do you want the job and it coincided with you know 20 years at Microsoft I didn't know what I wanted to do next I felt like I had done everything there that I could 20 years is a good round number you know it's it's like I, I it just the, the confluence of timing just worked and so uh, they offered me the job and I took it and I we didn't look back for almost seven years. <laughs> so. All right. So you move from a, a fast paced kind of technology environment where, where decisions are made and then immediately enacted, right? Both of us know that's not necessarily the speed of higher education. And so talk a little bit about what some of the differences were between your experience in Microsoft and then making the switch to higher education at Seattle University. What were the big differences for you? Yeah, there, there were quite a few. I mean, first and foremost, when I walked into my my office, I was like, where's my laptop? And there wasn't a laptop. There was a desktop, you know, which was underneath the desk somewhere. And I turned it on and Windows 98 came up, you know, and I just was like, oh, my God. Like, I just so, you know, immediately was, you know, the reality of this is not a, um, a technologically wired company. To Seattle University's um, credit, they over the next, you know, in the time that I was there, they addressed that. So kudos to them for that, right? And right. Um, so that changed. But I would say probably the one big, the biggest difference was in financial resources. You know, when I left Microsoft, I think my budget was two hundred and forty-eight million, and had a team. <laughs> And you're right. And you laugh because, you know, right. And I and I think I had a budget when I started of one hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say Seattle University's budget was probably two hundred and forty million. Right. Oh, yeah. And so that and that was that was a reality. And what budget, really, you know, what budget looks like was that was a shocker. Absolutely. Although both of us have experienced this throughout our career and that it's not an abundance of resources where innovation and creativity thrive. It's the scarcity of resources where innovation and creativity uh, thrives. And so talk about some of the creative solutions and innovations that you were able to bring to your role at Seattle University. One of the first things that we, in looking at the life cycle from cradle to grave, and first and foremost, and that was the partnerships. The biggest innovation was truly around engaging the university. The first, one of the first partnerships was with our student student development community, right? And engaged with them and built, you know, where were the programs within student development that we could uh, partner and bring alumni in, but also have a presence with our students. And I would say that, you know, and engaging our students as a part of the alumni office, 
you know, we, we put the, um, the student alumni ambassador program together and got, had students working in our office. So you want to talk about, you know, you know, that partnership and working with student development really brought about not only the presence on campus that we needed with, which is, you know, when you're thinking about marketing and your, your students are your greatest asset. And that was probably one of the, it seems so simple. And so, um, but also too, Paul, you know, like we looked to other universities. One of the things that we did was a, a huge benchmarking program to understand what other universities are doing and not just universities like Seattle U, we looked at Penn State and Penn State, I have to say, you know, you've got the alumni are involved and alumni, you know, we looked at things like Thon, you know, and there was already, you know, a dance marathon on campus. How do we build on that? How do we, how do we look to other universities to see how they, how they bring their alumni um, onto campus and to be a part of this? So I would say, you know, innovation really started with that student development and student campus life. And I would say athletics played a huge part in that too. You know, where can we really engage? And it was all about engagement and inviting people. While it doesn't sound very innovative, it was, it was really, uh, when you think about a customer management model, it truly is about where are those moments that matter, you know, in the perspective and current student experience athletics is a huge part of that too, which is a big deal for Seattle University because they had gone back to D1 athletics in 2009. I think that was a huge opportunity. You know, how do we, how do we get people involved, not just going to the games, putting the rallies together and um, you know, what are, what are all the programs around? And then one final thing, uh, there was a lot more, I have to say, Paul, there was just so much that there was just so much opportunity, but I would also say in terms of marketing and communications, you know, the onslaught of social media, that was also an opportunity that we, we invested in right away. So it's really interesting. I mean, I, I know you have a competitive side to you. And so it, it, it's not at all surprising that you probably went in there a little bit, maybe not articulating it, but a little bit with the mindset that there's no way students are going to say, where are the alumni while I'm sitting in this chair? Yeah, yeah. No, it was, that was, and that was probably, you know, again, one of the, let's look at this from a customer relationship management model and really look at the span of how somebody interacts with this university. What are their, what are the moments that matter throughout each of those phases and trying to help people, you know, literally went out and did profiles and helped show, you know, how real people, students and alumni and faculty and staff, you know, um, play a role in, in this life cycle. And that really brought us, that's our tagline, which is still used today, Seattle U for a lifetime. The sooner people can see alumni, you know, involved in this university and involved with students, the better we are. Absolutely. You know, if I were to describe your six years at Seattle University, partnerships would be the word that I would use. You just talked about the partnerships that you developed on campus, those key internal partners with student affairs and with athletics. But I also remember the great partnerships that you were establishing with the local companies. The, the companies, I, I call them local. You probably call them local in Seattle, but they're these worldwide kind of international corporations, the Boeings, the Nordstroms, the Microsofts, Amazon, Starbucks of the world. I remember the partnerships that you were developing with those companies. And, and the formation of affiliate groups or alumni chapters that were actually embedded within each of those companies. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that model? 
I would say again, the next most important partnership on campus was the was the career development office and or the what they call the career experience office now. And, and through that, there was a huge benefit of us, again, as we started to look at, okay, how do we engage our alumni? The chapter model was one that became just so apparent. And, you know, there was the traditional chapters, but for us, because we where we sat and because of who we were surrounded by and because our alums were working in all of those companies, the corporate chapters really became the most obvious and almost kind of simple in a way to be able to reach out to people and be able to understand who was who was there who wanted to get involved and how do we how do we set up that network and partner with the career experience office to be able to nurture that because it's all about getting the job right you're going to college what are you doing to to shore up your career to be able to step outside of that university and get that job and really being able to sh- to show people that alums working in these companies wanted to reach back and work with students and help them mentor them um you know we set up a series of things where not only were we bringing students on campus treks to tour these companies and to meet with alumni but also having alumni come back and do interview days everything from the career preparation and so those chapters started to play a role in formalizing you know and, and we built more of a cadence throughout the year and worked with the career experience um, office, what role do alumni play and what role can these um, chapters play? Those corporate corporate chapters was probably the one thing that's the differentiator for Seattle University. I want to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about maybe kind of get a little insight as to how Microsoft might be approaching some things that we are trying to approach here in higher education. And in, you're right there in Seattle where a lot of the protests are going on around the social justice movement and around Black Lives Matter. Would you mind giving us a little insight into how those conversations have been elevated at Microsoft? I'm really, first and foremost, I'm really proud of, of how Microsoft has, has stepped up and how they have, how they've approached this, you know, diversity and inclusion and the focus on culture. Our culture has been on the forefront of how we, I believe the company has acts every day, day in and day out, how we've tried to walk through this, you know, this year and what we've seen this year. I think it's just been about transparency, right? And it's really been about being very honest and open about the reality of what's happening and that the company stands with our African-American and Black employees and that we're in this together and really claiming it and standing up. You know, this this is not, we're not denying this. This is not going away. This is something that we must name and we must embrace and we must support. And when we have a diverse workforce that looks like our society, we all win. The more diverse we are, the stronger we are. That's something not just for higher education, I think for everybody is, you know, to be able to be transparent and to state their case, but to also say, this is where we're going to invest our time and our money and our attention to, to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Susan, we have a tradition here on the Alumni Trending Podcast to give our guests the final word on higher education. And so I want to give you that opportunity. What is trending for you as it relates to higher education? I've been away from it now for almost three years. And I would still say 
what's trending, I think, is the role that students can play of society today. And the biggest thing that's on my mind, probably because the conventions are starting this month, but I think the role that students can play and the role that people can play in higher education is to educate people about the importance of voting and the importance of being a part of the the process, the democratic process, and not to take that for granted. I don't know if this is trending in higher education, but this is my hope for higher education, that we really help our students, both young and old, to really um, see the importance of, of being active and engaging. And I know for Seattle University, you got engaged. You got you were part of the process. You got involved. You made you 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 picked some you know you know what were you passionate about and you went for it. And I think right now in higher education we have an opportunity to really help, especially young people, um, understand the importance of being involved in the pro the process of our of our democracy and the importance of voting and the importance of um, being engaged in that way. It, I think now more than ever it is so it's just so important and that's that's what I hope that is happening and one of the many things that I hope is happening and our students are realizing and being able to be a part of it. Really well said. Uh, I want to have a little bit of fun here as we wrap up our time together. And I'm just going to ask you just a couple of quick questions. What are you reading right now? Oh, I'm rereading. I'm rereading actually American Icon. It's by Bryce Hoffman. It's um, the story of Alan Mulally and the fight to save Ford Motor Company. Alan Mulally is really involved with Seattle University, but just um, I'm actually in this new fiscal year, I'm actually thinking about our business processes and I'm really in my role trying to understand what's some of the infrastructure or cadence that we have to put in place. And in this book, it's not only riveting in terms of how Mulally helped turn Ford Motor Company around and save it, but there was a number of things that he put in place around his business. His whole thing was better together, being honest about where you're at. If things aren't, if it's red, call it red, you know, every, and rather than lying and saying it's green and everything's good, you know, if something isn't working, call it out. And um, that's something I also... I also was reading 10,000 Roads. It's a biography of Graham Parsons, who uh, I don't know if he, he was, he died a long time ago, but he was in the Birds and the Flying Burrito Brothers and a pretty interesting musician. So I was reading about his life. Interesting. So besides the Alumni Trending podcast, of course, do you have a favorite podcast? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, I've actually listened to a lot. I walk a lot. So I'm, um, I've got a number of favorites. Right now, I am, I have, I love, I always listen to NPR politics, the NPR politics broadcast. And then right now, I'm also listening to Rolling Stones, The Useful Idiot. Yeah. And then another one that I really love is Michael Gervais, Finding Mastery. He's done uh, some leadership development programs with Microsoft, but he also works with Pete Carroll on uh, Compete to Create. And uh, he's got a really interesting podcast too, with some really interesting speakers. That's awesome. Okay. What have you binged recently on Netflix or Hulu? There's a new show called Britannia that we, and I, yeah, I know it's about, it's about, um, it is about how England was formed back in the day when the Druids, I'm, I'm kind of getting into it. I'm, my husband started binging it and I joined him because I wanted to be able to do something with him. So we've been watching Britannia. So it also sounds like music's a big part of your life. So what is your go-to karaoke song? I just, it is, the girls just want to have fun. I don't know. I, that, that was I think that was the last one that I sang at a at karaoke was Girls Just Want to Have Fun. 
say you know, some some Cindy Lauper. I have to stick with I have to stick with Johnny Cash because he speaks his songs, and so uh, anything anything with the melody is is not for me. So something Johnny Cash like the Man in Black or Ring of Fire or so. Final question: What is your favorite pizza place in the world? Shakey's Pizza is pretty well known here, and I think there's well actually there's only one left, and but also Mod Pizza. They're pretty good. I have two. If I were to, if I were to, um, if I were to, I can't pick. It's either Shakey's or Mod Pizza. They have different crusts, and depending on what what I'm, if I want thin crust, I go to Shakey's. If I want thick crust, I go to Mod. Excellent. Well, hey, Susan, thank you so much for joining us on the Alumni Trending Podcast. We appreciate you sharing your insight and wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. Hey, you're, you're more than welcome. I it's so, so grateful that you asked and really enjoyed having the opportunity to share today. I hope it helps somebody. I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you. Drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumnitrending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending.